Welcome back to another episode of the Order of the Straight Arrow. Uh, this episode's a little bit special. We're in the interim clubhouse today. Uh, we're in the middle of a move, upgrading, and we're at Miles' house, so thank you, Miles. But I'd like... It smells funny. <laughs> <laughs> no barnyard smell, though. <laughs> but you have myself, the Troop Scout leader, Dustin Lays with Beef, uh, sitting here at the table with... I'm still wearing a patch. That's me. <laughs> Very proud of you still wearing that patch. And uh, today I'm adjacent to the two wall boys. Uh, you have myself, I'm Miles, a.k.a. Chief, runs with bins. And as some of you may be excited to know, we have another episode with Elder Little Pond. Welcome back to the interim clubhouse. Oh, thanks so much. It's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy to have you here, Nate. So let's get into this episode like we do the rest with the straight arrow oath. For those in scout uniform, three finger salute, and those in civilian clothes, hand over your heart and repeat after the historian. A straight arrow tells the truth. A straight arrow loves nature. A straight arrow never takes a ride on another man's mower. <clears throat> And a straight arrow is always against Bill H.R. 57, which would allow the importation of South American propane. Can I get a round table? Wima Tanya! Wima Tanya! How's that contractually obligated beer taste, Nate? Um, pretty good. <laughs> Alamo light. I was going to say, I, I don't ever think a Keystone light has ever greased our table before. <laughs> <laughs> Someone had a rough night last night. Wake up with a light. <laughs> that is right. We're uh, feeling pretty good today. Yeah. So. This is a good Sunday. It's not a bad. I, uh, I'll start us off here with the episode info. This, we're still on season two, episode 19. This is the 31st overall episode. Originally aired on April 19th, 1998. Entitled Leanne's Saga. Uh, we'll throw it over to the Elder Little Pond with the synopsis. Luann's mother comes to visit the hills. <laughs> yep. She did. She does that. <laughs> Hijinks ensue. Uh, this one's directed by Tricia Garcia. This one's her second. Uh, if you remember, her, she... Yeah, that ten times fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you remember her, she did The Sun That Got Away. was her first directorial credit in animation ever. She worked on animation backgrounds uh, for a long time. She was with King of the Hill, though, for a very long time. She w directed 21 episodes. She worked until 2010, like the show when it was canceled. So she's ever, like, but since that, she doesn't really do a whole lot of directing. She does a lot more background and animation gigs, Simpsons and whatnot. She didn't have time to do a director's intro, I don't think. There wasn't one. They've been falling off. Yeah, they have. Yeah, this. I think on the DVD there, the first two on this disc didn't have one. And the next, yeah. I'll have them. This one's written by David Zuckerman. This is his third of four in total. His previous episodes were Plastic White Female, Halloween. David Zuckerman's probably 
most widely known as the co-creator of Family Guy and American Dad and writer for both. That's the episode that I'm talking about. See, this one, I'm back on my DVDs, as you guys know, which is great, except this episode, um, I noticed there's a very small tooth mark in the disc. Oh, no. So it skipped out about seven minutes of the episode. Oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I started doing, redoing my research, like, uh, watching it online, and I was like, what the fuck? Are these deleted scenes? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's because Lefty chewed on the disc. Chewed on the <laughs> and I missed it. Did you, uh, know, did you try and watch the commentary on it? No, this I is the thought last my Xbox might explode. <laughs> this is the last one with a commentary. It was a character commentary. It had, um, uh. it had Peggy, Luann, and Bobby. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, Pe- it was Peggy, Luann, and Bobby. So Pamela Adlon, uh, Brittany Murphy, and Najme. Word. But uh, it was pretty much... It was not noteworthy, so I think that's the only note I'll make of it. Sounds good. <laughs> Next season, I'll be able to indulge in some special features. <laughs> now that we're at your place, I can kind of see what you're talking about. All the trim is chewed, and all your valuables are put on the top shelf. <laughs> everything, everything like, sh- like thigh down is chewed. <laughs> yeah, except my face. <laughs> it's scratched up, too. <laughs> His face is often thigh down. So as is tradition, uh, when we have Elder Little Pond on the show, we have to do a little segment we like to call Little Pond's Ponders. Hello, welcome to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I've got... Six questions, two each. I'll start with Denim. You get the first question. Don't even have to guess a number this time. (laughs) No, that was too difficult. (laughs) It was controversy. Okay, so what does Peggy do immediately after she finds out Leanne got released from prison? Oh, she drops a bucket of peanuts or something. Bowl of peanuts. It's a bowl of snacks. I can't give it to you. What is it? It's the dog food. Dog food? It's That's peanuts. That's the same thing. That's not snack. Damn it. Okay, I'm going to let you know I didn't study for this one. Okay, well, um, I'll ask you this one anyway. How did Peggy's brother and Leanne meet? She was the stripper at his stag? Uh, I mean, we can assume she was the entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she was singing. (laughs) Yeah. Sweet. So point. Okay. Okay. Sweet. So let's. uh, Don't don't think so harsh. (laughs) So who gives Leanne a ride to the hills? Alicia. Yeah, that's correct. That's not it. (laughs) Alicia. Tomato, tomato, brother. Oh dang it. Well, I know Denim knows this oh, one, but... Thank God! <laughs> I have to respect the order, so... <laughs> of the straight arrow. What is Bill's false name at the clinic? Oh, Norman Schwarzkopf. <laughs> yes. Okay, Dustin. Ready. Um, according to Bill, how many compartments do you get on your meal tray in the army? Castile? Three? Castile? Well, I let Denim steal. He asked first. Uh, in the army? In the army. He gets five. Yeah, correct. Wow. Leanne only gets four. 
Yeah, I don't She's know what kind punished. of prison you're getting only three. <laughs> Must be a Swanson's fucking frozen <laughs> dinner. Dessert, dessert <laughs> yeah. well, this fucking peach cobbler is terrible. <laughs> don't mind the cranberry sauce. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Miles, this is a final question. Yeah, okay. Um, according to Leanne, how old is she? 34. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> no. <laughs> How old do you think she is? Do we have a prize to share? Um, I think we all no tied. Prize. We all got one, yeah, right? Yeah, everybody got one. You got two, so. didn't you, Miles? Oh, what? Miles oh, won. Oh, oh shit. Uh, Another beer. I'll give it to him later. <laughs> so thank you for that, Elder Little Pond. Always fun to have some ponders on the show. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Uh, so let's dive right into this episode. Yeah, so as I've discussed before, this episode opens cold, and we get a shot right into Peggy dropping off Luann at the Beauty Academy's mother-daughter night. Peggy, of course, being substitute teacher of the year 1996, she offered her substitution duties for uh, Luann, Luann's mother while, he, while she was in prison. Yeah, do you fuck with a substitute mother like you do a substitute teacher? Uh, I mean, I don't know, but what about a substitute, like, prison inmate <laughs> Luann's trying to get to? I don't think Mom would want anyone to take her place. Well, unless they took her place in prison. But I guess that's too much to ask. <laughs> it is too much to ask. It really is. And Peggy's face right here, and, like, Hank's face when Peggy and drops the dog food. <laughs> like pretty much all the animation going on. The animation in this episode is like over the top, especially in people's faces, like especially in Hank and Peggy's faces. They make some good animations in this one. Yeah, they're they're definitely extreme, like almost to an anime extent. It's like like like, like anime esque. It's a little. It does look a little like rough around the edges. Yeah, but like it's faces. charming. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah, I didn't notice so much the animation in itself, but Hank's like facial expressions. And how he's just like frowning, like pretty much a bill the whole time, but like not saying anything. And it's it says more than words sometimes. It's great for Hank. What really makes me think of it is, is the two times he pulls out the vacuum, the yeah. face he makes like, to Peggy, and then to Dale when yeah. Dale spits out his beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suddenly want a shop vac now. Really bad. I mean, you need a shop. Oh, you guys, guess what happened to my shop vac? Uh, your dog chewed it. Yes, he ate the cord. <laughs> he didn't just even, like, nibble it. It was, like, unrecognizable. I was like, dude, doesn't your mouth, like, hurt? He's a silly boy. I inherited that shot back. <laughs> he's so big. Yeah, he's unstoppable. Does he have a clubhouse name? Don't wake him up. <laughs> I think we could just call him Cotton as his clubhouse name. That's a good clubhouse yeah. name. Colonel Cotton. Colonel Cotton. <laughs> sure looks like a ball of cotton. Speaking of the shop vac, we get to see Hank use it in the garage uh, after Hank and Bobby finished working on Hank's workbench. What should we build first, son? Well, how about a go-kart? Okay. First, we'll work out the design flaws of your go-kart by building a TV cabinet. <laughs> well, I mean, he just got a new CRT or fixed his old one. I, I do love his his face, at, like, turning to a big grin as he says TV cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, there's such enthusiasm. And it's funny when Peggy comes into about like how like excited Bobby is and the fact that he mentions that he has no splinters. Like it's been like a previous problem. Yeah. Anytime he tries to woodwork with his dad, he gets a splinter. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's nice to see um, Hank and Bobby getting along so well. And then um, Peggy comes in, like you said. And then fucking, and then Luann barges in, announcing that her mama got out of prison. And they're both shocked, you know? Peggy drops her fucking bowl of kibble, and <laughs> Hank immediately vacuums it up. <laughs> and then, you know, Luann goes on to say that um, she's going she's gonna to visit the hills. So uh, they're pretty worried about that. Yeah, like, like in episodes past, I like that whatever the episode is about is, like, introduced, like, immediately. It's always right away. Like, in Hank's Unmentionable, like, it's him take, trying to take a shit. Like, it's <laughs> always what the show's about is what it opens with, and I love it. It is true. And they even bring it in. They even drop the bill in here when the guys are in the garage telling them about it, and everybody's got judgmental about her, but Bill... Well, I don't know. I never met the lady, but she did her time. I tell you what, man, ain't no dang old lady about her, man. They're getting old liquored up, man. I'm coming on strong up, pawing me like a dang old animal, man. I'll tell them no means no. <laughs> yeah, this is the the guys in the garage now, but I just wanted to mention um, that, like, when Luann first announces that her mom was out of jail, Peggy's like, oh, my God, I knew a medium security wouldn't hold that woman. She's like, no, 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 she's, she's been released. <laughs> I read that. Uh, due to her crimes in Texas, that would be a minimum security case all day long. Oh, crazy. That's what I heard. So my first time being introduced to Leanne, I was kind of just like, oh, everybody says she's, like, the worst, and I don't have a judgment of her like Bill. But, like, now listening to that after I've seen the episode, it's like, holy shit, I know what they're talking about. Like, she yeah. is the worst. They've all had to deal with that before. And they're just like, man, like, don't bring that around again. <laughs> like, that's the worst. Yeah, because uh, immediately um, when Hank announces to the guys that Leanne is, uh, is going to be visiting, Dale drops his beer and we see Hank grab his shot back again. He makes that, like, pissed off kind of look at Dale, like, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> My gosh. But, um, yeah, they're instant. They're all horrified like they are terrified i never thought i'd say this but i don't think i can finish my beer <laughs> it's a uh, bill is fiddling around with one of hank's vices on his workbench and the one part of the clamp falls off and lands on his foot and he thinks he might have a broken foot so hank's like oh you gotta take your boot off and they take it off to reveal bill's disgusting foot fungus seeping through his socks it's wet oh it's horrible but yeah i think the shop vaccines back to back are kind of there to remind us how much hank cares about this garage oh yeah it's his sanctuary like how dare you spit beer <laughs> it's some kind of athlete's foot i've been using this spray for 10 years quick working my ass so after bill shows us all of his disgusting feet he goes and he goes and <laughs> Sorry, Miles just tapped on his forehead. The new sign of get me a beer. <laughs> it works. Go to Dale's house and get me a beer. <laughs> no, I just wanted to see what you do. It works. You can't be trained. <laughs> you got a keystone. Not light. another keystone. <laughs> Fuck, put those away. Yeah, I remember grade 11. <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> where, where the fuck?
fuck are we? Uh, it's when Peggy starts getting worried. Like, I don't want you to fall. Oh, yeah. Luann's on the phone with her daddy. And then after that. trying Yeah, trying to get her daddy back. And her daddy is, she's saying, mama's a new mama. She's changed. And Luann has not even seen her since she's been out of prison. But the court ordered that she had to stop drinking. Yeah. So Luann, I, I mean, God bless her. She wants the best for her mother. Yeah, she automatically assumes, like, her dream scenario is real life until proven otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, she's it's completely... not a bad way to be. Totally not, but it's how she is. You got to be a little more realistic than Luann ever is, but... Yeah, and, and we'll find out uh, why pretty soon. Yeah, we will. But, I mean, I, guess I can also see that because, like, she is young, and, like, Leanne has just tried to be a friend to her, so, like... Of course she likes Mama because Mama hasn't been there to be responsible and Mama's fun, you know. Mama wants to be friend, but Mama's in jail and Peggy is far more responsible anyway. So Peggy's really worried that all this mother and that she's done on Luann is going to bring the Leanne back when Leanne is out of prison. Yeah, it's funny. Peggy lists uh, a few of the things that, you know, uh, Luann's been kind of accomplishing since uh, she's been with the Hills. Like, she's in beauty school. She's got a righteous uh, Christian puppets show. But she also mentions that she's very clean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought the puppet show was notable because, like, they really hammer home a few times in this episode that Luann's still still doing the puppet show. Which makes me happy. I'm happy that Manger Baby stayed on air. I mean, I think it deserves it. I mean, it just goes to prove that the King of the, King of the Hill is a show that remains members where it totally it's the, like it's moving with you yeah it progresses and uh that's just another thing that i like i hope we get to see it mentioned again it, uh, yeah i do too i don't remember it but i i like that they keep these things the, these ideas alive like it's, totally it's refreshing in most animated shows they just hit reset and mm. we've said it a million times but Uh, we see uh, after that scene, we see outside of the Hills house, and there's a very lovely banner uh, across there that says, Welcome out, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I totally wrote that down because I thought it was going to be on the quiz. <laughs> Obviously, knowing Leanne's going to be coming, uh, Hank and Peggy have to come up with a plan for Bobby to understand the, the secret code for if he has to run over to Dale's house and not come back. It's tapping on the forehead. Which is hilarious. <laughs> and works on Elder Little Pond as well. They also do, like, a very similar gag to this in, like, a later episode where, like, I can't remember what episode it is, but, like, Hank touches his nose and then Bobby just, like, runs away. <laughs> it's, like, the exact same. Yeah, it's, like, Bobby doesn't listen to, like, verbal commands so well, but apparently, like, uh, visual ones... <laughs> It seems like he likes to have that thing, like, with the T and RT. Yeah. He likes to have the code. It's the, more fun. It's the system. It is. Yeah. It's a game. Like base camp. But, of course, they're interrupted by Mama. Yeah. I guess this, this big, big old truck pulls up, and um, you see, like, this woman get out. She's this very large, like, butch woman, and she's, like, got all the bags in her hands. Is that, is that a nice word to say? It's not nice, but I think it describes what they're going for. Keep it in. <laughs> oh, I apologize. <laughs> to all our butch listeners. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, we can cut. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this very large woman who drops off the bags, and you're meant to think that, like, she's Mama, and then, like, you see, like, 
I mean, like, Luann, like, runs past her and hugs her real mom, which is, like, the exact same gag they use in, like, Westy Side Story, where you think, like, the moving van, you think they're the people moving in, and then actually it's, like, you know, the Super Newfoundland phones. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the lift, Alicia. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Dan. Was that scruffy? (laughs) I think it's, uh... Carl. Billy Bob Thornton. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Alicia is definitely doing her best uh, Carl impersonation from. Well, I tinkered around on them a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I've got, I guess, I've got two things to talk about from this scene. Um, the first, I guess, I'll just interrupt or introduce Leanne Platter. She's the violent and alcoholic mother of Leanne Platter, who's been in prison up to this point in the series for stabbing Peggy's brother with a fork. Now, she's mentioned often in the series, but this is the only episode she appears in, and she's voiced by none other than our good friend, Pamela Adlon. Of course. Yeah. She was, so when I was watching the commentary, Pamela Adlon, she was doing Bobby mostly, mm-hmm. but like every time Leanne showed up, she would call uh, Brittany Murphy Lulu in, oh. that, in that voice. <laughs> so I was like pretty sure it was her, but... Yeah, I just want to say also, like, she looks like the perfect, like, like, uh, sorry, like, she looks exactly like how, like, you expect her to look. Like, mm-hmm. she's got, like, that, like, gross midriff thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> she looks like Luann, but, like, just, like, beaten up and, like, just... Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. She, she still thinks she's Luann's age, but she's... No. And that heart tattoo, it's like, oh, jeez. Oh, well, you don't like a good cleavage tattoo? <laughs> but um, when this big semi-truck arrives, on the side of it, it says Tom Thumb. Now, Tom Thumb is a chain of supermarkets operating the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Uh, founded in 1948, Tom Thumb is the second best-selling grocer in the area behind... Can I guess the first? Yes. Is it H-E-B? It's Walmart. Oh, uh, damn. Mm-hmm. Who they were actually partners with from 1987 to 1991, helping them form, which was known as Hypermart USA, which was a failed megastore idea, which eventually turned into the Walmart Supercenters. So just an idea how ridiculously large these hypermarts were. They were 220,000 square feet compared to a current Walmart supercenter, which averages about 125,000 square feet. Good Lord. So twice the size of the biggest Walmart they have. (laughs) I know that Campbell River's got the biggest one on the island, and that one's massive. It's huge. I wonder what uh, that one is. The original hypermart was in uh, open in Garland, Texas. Now... This is something that I'll ask the listeners maybe that they might know about. But I saw a comment online that someone had said that the reason that Chuck, Man- Chuck Mangione was tied to the series is, the f- is that he played the opening of the first like super uh, Walmart in Garland, Texas. I'm going to go ahead and agree. That, just, that is probably it. I, I, I would assume so too, but I can't find anything anywhere. I've looked three different you times. You haven't found proof that he played it? I can't find any proof that he oh, played okay. there. It was just that one person's just comment said that said it. If but that's I, true, I think that that is legit. Yeah, it's amazing. I bet you, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, we remember we couldn't find any sort of reason for why, like, other than it's just kind of funny in the Chuck Pet Well, you know, it's, <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I remember when I worked at Save On and they opened that new one, um, North End. And they had that concert with some, like, <laughs> H-tier pop star. I don't remember her name, and I don't think anybody ever knew her name at the time. Carly Rae Jepsen. It wasn't Carly Rae Jepsen. It was... Did she have, like, a hit song? She had a song that some people claimed were a hit, maybe on, like, a Disney Channel thing. 
But like, uh, it was like a family friendly kind of thing. I don't remember. It was like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was. <laughs> It might have been Carly Rae Jepsen, but no, I don't know. It was some pop star. And I don't know. It was like, it was like something I'd never heard of. And I was just like, I, but no. So yeah, like eight grocery stores and concerts, eh? Just, I never would put the two together. I mean, I, anywhere, like they both go well with hot dogs. So it's probably the connection. That's true. And um, getting back to the episode. Oh, yeah. After, yeah, I don't know, Chuck Mangione Walmart is kind of a fun wormhole to go to. <laughs> but we see a very awkward moments inside the Hill House as uh, Leanne and Luann are sitting on the couch and uh, Peggy and Hank are sitting here. Jason from them and Bobby's just in the middle of the living room. And Lu- Luann says some really weird things. She's like, this is a really nice house, but it'd be all ruined if someone just turned a fire hose loose in here. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's the, the truth about anywhere yes. <laughs> like except a water park yes exactly <laughs> and, uh, I, like it makes me wonder if like maybe she's thinking like oh i fell asleep with a cigarette and like my my living room lit up and they like ruined everything with a fire so, hose like she's speaking from experience like, like i feel like it's like oh it, my house was great before until somebody put it out with a fire hose whoever that was me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it's, it's really awkward uh, interactions. And uh, Hank and Peggy are asking Leanne if she has, like, a job or, you know, any kind of prospects. And she goes, well, I don't even really have a current uh, living situation. And it's this really long, awkward pause. All of her references have got it for chemical castration. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. Did you look that one up? No. Yeah, me either. Oh, I, thought you, I thought you were runs with Ben's MD over here. <laughs> no, runs with Ben's everything grosses me out. That's <laughs> medical. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's this long, awkward pause, and it's just kind of like it's watching Bobby's face, and his eyes are kind of going back and forth, back and forth, and like you know what's coming, and it's great. <laughs> and it's great. And Bobby's like, "Oh, why don't you stay with us?" And that's the first time Hank taps his forehead. <laughs> I love how Bobby just scurries down the hall. <laughs> He's out. He's out the window. <laughs> nobody like says anything. <laughs> Like, oh, that's normal. Bobby's just like storms brewing. <laughs> I just pictured Dale at his house, just like, oh, hey, Bobby. <laughs> Joseph's like, want to look up cool shit on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have my pick six numbers? <laughs> Joseph was that kid who you went to his house to look up weird shit on the internet. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they go back and forth, and um, Hank's like, wouldn't you be more comfortable in some sort of halfway house or institution? <laughs> I was watching this with my girlfriend. She's like, that's for like women who need protection. And like, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Yeah, so obviously Hank and Peggy want nothing to do with Leanne staying at their house. But Luann is like, oh, that'd be so great. And Leanne's like, I'm with the Lord now. I'm not drinking. The Lord has forgiven me. I maybe hope that someday you guys can forgive me too. And Hank's like, yeah, good luck with that. And uh, what saves her, what saves Leanne is uh, Luann starts saying that she'll, she'll drop out of school, she'll get a job, and they can rent an apartment. And Leanne still... And she'll clean up after her. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of got the same trigger as Peggy did because, like, as soon as she said, I'll drop out of school, I was like, no, like, don't do it, Luann. <laughs> and, like, you can tell, like, Leanne's, like, kind of a shitty person because she's like, you do that for me? Like, yeah, like, encourages it. Like, yeah. I notice it again later, too, when she's just like, you want me to be happy? It's like, that's emotional abuse. <laughs> yeah, she's terrible. Yeah. I do think I would have liked, because 
because Luann said, like, oh, I'll clean up after her, I would have liked this episode to come to a resolution with Luann's, like, stepping in and, like, being an adult. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that. But, <laughs> uh, but I would have, liked. I thought that's where it was going with that, in, with that, like, oh, I'll clean up after her. Like, you know, that's how, like, the cartoon goes where the boy gets a dog, and he's like, well, I'm going to clean up after the dog, and then... A dog chews the couch, and then the kid has to get a job to pay for it. Like, that's what I was thinking was happening. Mm-hmm. Different episode, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they say that Leanne can stay, like, while she, like, until she gets a job where she can get enough money, get her own place. And she's like, oh, my God, thank you. You know, she's so ecstatic. And she goes, I'll even stay in the garage. And Hank's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, hey, hold on. <laughs> well, you stay in the den. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Share with your sister. Yeah, you just got out of prison. You're used to sharing a small room with somebody. <laughs> so we're going now. Bill's taking the boy's advice, and he's going to go down to the clinic. I uh, would have thought that he could have had, like, uh, Army cover his health care for this. But clearly he's so embarrassed about this that he decides to create a Alternate identity. Well, he doesn't even want the insurance company to know. He's going to use an alias. Yeah. Well, the only people, or the only person he showed his feet to was his ex-wife, and she used it against him in the divorce. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows what the military would do? So he, but he takes the name of a decorated American general. His name was Norman Schwarzkopf. I thought that was just Bill being weird. (laughs) No, he's quite. He's quite well known. His title is. General Herbert Stormin Norman Schwarzkopf Jr. He was a United States Army general. While serving as the commander for the U.S. Central Command, he led all coalition forces in the Gulf War. So he didn't storm the beaches of Normandy? No, he didn't, but he stormed a lot. <laughs> he will, so Poser. I believe it was actually because uh, Desert Storm was the name of... That, oh, that's where the Stormin comes from. I think so. Apparently, he had a nickname as The Bear, but I don't know about that. <laughs> While serving as the commander for the U.S. Central Command, he led all coalition forces in the Gulf War. Stormin Norman was born August 22, 1934, in Trenton, New Jersey. The son of a general, Schwarzkopf set his sights to become an American fighting general at an early age. While attending West Point, he predicted that he would lead an American army into combat. In 1983, he predicted the United States would become involved in a major eruption in the Middle East, and was actually running an exercise based on Saddam Hussein invading Kuwait five days before the Iraq army struck. His bosses, President Bush, Secretary of Defense Cheney, and Chairman Powell, recognized General Schwarzkopf as this generation's MacArthur, Patton and Eisenhower rolled into one. They studied his battle plan, then provided him with the necessary tools to achieve a devastating victory. I read all of this information from the back of a 1991 America's Major Players Desert Storm Weapon Profiles Victory Edition trading card. Take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I feel storming. No, I thought that's crazy. Like, I looked up uh, these these cards, and I guess in the Desert Storm era, they, like, really wanted to hype up the war. So, like, you go home and watch it and everything. And they they gave all these – they started selling these trading cards. And they were just of, like, generals and soldiers, like, of no – I guess, like, 
people who got medals and that kind of thing. And Damn. they were just trading cards, like, marketed to children to hype up the war. So they'd have, like, a little description, their stats, their rank, and stuff like that. Do they have their KDA? They don't have, like, kills and stuff, do they? So, I mean, Norman Schwarzkopf did serve in, like, Vietnam and stuff. And, like, he was, like, a soldier. He moved up the ranks and everything. Um, but in for these Desert Storm cards, I've heard rumors that there are some with, like, kills on them. But the, I, the only ones I looked at were, like, generals and, like, people who don't actually kill anybody. Yeah. And um, my friend from work was telling me, that, like, he had another friend who was in the army, and he said, like, anyone, like, in the army who tells you how many kills they have is, like, probably lying, because, like, there's no real way of knowing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the term they use is, is confirmed kills. Yeah, unless you're Colonel Cotton Hill. Yeah. <laughs> he killed 50 men. 50 men. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know nothing about that. But, yeah, like, I just... The rest is just bullets fired. So I didn't actually see any that said, like... Because I did look for stats like that, but they didn't seem to have stats, like like their favorite weapon or anything like that. Like, like you get at the end of a Call of Duty match. There was none of that, but... Where'd you get a Kalashnikov? But literally everything I read, <laughs> all the information I got... <laughs> it's the rare one with the full mustache. <laughs> All the information I gathered was I, I chose to come straight from the back of a card because <laughs> if you were, you know, collecting these cards back in the day, this is what you would know. And I would like to imagine that Bill is the type to have had a collection of these cards. So if anybody wants to buy any, check out my eBay. Or if they make, <laughs> or if they make cards for army barbers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a support card. His favorite cut's the number three. <laughs> Over 4,000 buzz cuts. <laughs> so that's uh, Stormin' Norman. Good guy. I mean, I guess so. But what he's really there for is to clear out the fungus. And I'm sure Storm and Norman's healthcare plan is better than Bill's. Oh, for sure. So he's just got to pay for a small prescription. Yeah, that's right. Now you got to take him on a full stomach. Can do! <laughs> but the lady at the hospital also says that no alcohol for Bill while he's on this medication. It's like they play it off like it seems to be a devastating blow, but I don't. It, he handles it pretty well. And doesn't he start drinking anyways? No, he doesn't. I don't think he drinks until the fungus comes back. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought he was kind of drinking with Leanne the, pills. the whole time, but I guess... Does he even, or doesn't just Leanne? Because like, he I wasn't drinking at the barbecue, was he? Like, well, I, I think when he was all beaten up, he, like... Like, remember when he was wearing the sunglasses, he had a black eye? I think he went to the alley to have a beer with him. He's so pretty, I think he was, maybe. But, like, drinking. what Dustin's thinking of is he was drinking grape soda. Oh, those were those cans. Remember yeah, how, when like, he's playing hacky yeah, sack, he's drinking grape soda. soda. Yeah, in Ireland, how like the grape sodas always just kind of look like an Alamo can. It's true. That's <laughs> very true. Sometimes are an Alamo can. <laughs> I guess that's why there's so much left over in Hank's fridge. So obviously, this is the first full day with Leanne, and she's getting her morning workout in out in the yard with a broom and some buckets. Yeah, some prison style workout. Yeah, like 100% prison workout. Like I imagine even less than prison workout. Like I bet they actually supply weight room equipment. That's like That's true. <laughs> uh anyways, I like that Hank's first conversation he has with Leanne on their first day. 
So how's the job search going? <laughs> like, that's what you open with. He wants to get to the point. <laughs> when are you moving out? <laughs> yeah. It's and like somebody comes over to visit and like, oh, when's your flight out? <laughs> hey, good to see you. When are you leaving? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the job search isn't going very good because her best reference just got chemically castrated. <laughs> and then... Um, Luann shows up with Buckley and like, um, <laughs> Luann introduced Leanne to Buckley, like and then, and then she's like, "Yeah, just as we practice." Luann's like, oh, "Say hello, just like we practice." <laughs> hey. <laughs> well, he's just gorgeous. Oh, fail these muscles. I gotta go. He is the best greeter ever. <laughs> When Le- when Leanne squealed like right after Buckley, it made me think that like maybe Brittany Murphy put on the the Leanne voice for a second. I think I mean you may be right because we obviously yeah. see where she gets it from because she lets out those ex- exclamations like a lot, and I guess she obviously learned them from yeah. Mama. Yeah, Leanne's like Luann if she just smoked like ten thousand cigarettes and did a stint in the clink. <laughs> And then next, like, Luann's, like, obviously very excited about this mother-daughter thing at the Beauty Academy because she bought matching, or they're not matching, but they're similar dresses for them both to wear. Um, Was it tonight or tomorrow night? I feel like it's a week-long event because, Um, like... I felt like it was a weekly thing. Yeah, but it was going to be that night because, remember, she's like, I'm going to go shave and shower right now. And then it's like, close the door this time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we're uh, back out in the alley now And it's uh, the guys are standing around As they do having beers Bill is not having a beer He's in uh, or he's drinking grape soda But he's in his shorts that we saw him wear in the snow episode And he's also in sandals And he is yeah, It's a really weird moment because Bill's like really happy And like nothing's bringing him down at this point He's trying to play hacky sack And Hank's just like I feel the exact same way that Hank does. Like, the, this is like, that's what I feel every time I see someone in sandals. Yeah, it's like, we're all real happy your fungus died, but we don't want to be looking at your feet all day. Like, get out of here. Open-toed shoes. Everyone at the bar is staring at your toes, dude. I know it's cool to not give a shit, but staring at your creepy ass toes makes me sick. Nobody wants to see your toes, dude. I don't even want to see my own toes. <laughs> so I guess Bill's taking this um, drink, no drinking thing like pretty seriously, although he doesn't really understand. It's funny to me because like Bill is someone I would have pegged i think i did even the last episode we discussed as like the group's biggest alcoholic because like he seems the saddest definitely the loneliest he never drives i would have thought him to be the drunkest and so when she says like you can't drink i thought that maybe this episode is full of like false starts i feel almost in a good way because i didn't it wasn't predictable totally i i think like there's a lot of things that trigger you to think like oh that's what this episode's about like right. oh that's what this episode's going to be about like but oh it, maybe bill's having a hard time not drinking but he just marches into hank's garage with like 60 beer i i 
I feel like Bill does like 52 fresh starts a year, you know? Like, yeah. I'm a new man. Like, <laughs> and, and he's he just doing another his one. Socks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like just instantly so confident in himself that he doesn't have these gross feet anymore. And he's just like, oh, I'm just going to surprise Hank with these beers. Well, you know what they say about your feet. What's that? You only get two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured he just kind of like just ended up at the beer store and was just like, well, while I'm here, I guess I'll just get some. No, he's been sitting on them. I like that. I thought that was a good like play. You know, it's not like he had to dump them down the sink. Um, like I'm going to reference the deleted scene now because it would have been somewhere right around here where Lu- Leanne has moved in and Peggy is dumping out anything that has alcohol in it into the sink. Like, she's dumping out, uh, like, rubbing alcohol, and she's dumping out, like, like hand sanitizer, like, anything with alcohol in it. Hank, where's the isopropyl? <laughs> she's gets the, she grabs the beer, and she's, like, talking and talking and talking. I gotta find the quote. And she says, I'm not gonna let all the hard work I put into Luann go down the drain just like this bottle of beer. And Hank's just like, stop, Peggy. I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> Give me that beer. <laughs> but, but yeah, good. so th- th- that scene kind of just goes to extend the, like, lengths at which they did go to, like... They knew what was coming. Well, they yeah, you would assume that Hank emptied... The, or he has hidden his beer somewhere so that Leanne isn't going to get it because mm-hmm. he's not going to put it in the fridge in his, in his garage. That's where that's she's where gonna she be is. staying. Yeah. So yeah, he's gonna hide his beer somewhere else. Um, and but Bill just Bobby's goes room. to surprise him with beer, puts it in the fridge, and again you you think, oh man, maybe Leanne's just gonna sneak those beers, but no, she snakes Bill. <laughs> I kind of pictured it being like a case that he took from Hank earlier and is now just returning. Uh, no, I think <laughs> it might be the the it might be that Bill never brings these cases out. <laughs> yeah. These, that, that's what I, that goes to further my belief that he's a big alcoholic. So now Hank just basically has a fridge full of Guatemalica. <laughs> yeah, that's my assumption, too, that Bill has, like, his social beers, and there's also, like, four flats in his house at all times. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. yeah. But no, like, it made me, it made me think, like, uh, here's, like, somebody who I would have expected to be an alcoholic that can just be like, oh, man, my feet are going to get better. I'm just going to stop drinking so I take these pills. Mm-hmm. So he's, And he's thrilled about it. He's happy. He's got all the confidence in the world. And he's just like, whatever, I'll just dump this beer off. And he doesn't need the beer. It's not a, this, this interaction isn't about the beer. It's foreshadowing. Yes. Exactly. Which is surprising because it didn't look like that's where it was going. No, yeah, like he runs into Leanne, and that's instantly what they bond over is the fact that they both aren't allowed to drink. Doctor's orders and court orders. <laughs> and like it's they're the same thing. Yeah, it, it's funny how like Leanne references it. She's just like, I can't even be around any of my old friends because all they do is drink. And like you picture Leanne's friends, and oh. they're like the worst, like scummy, drug addict, criminal people you know. And then Bill's like, Hey, mine too. <laughs> like, <laughs> talking about Hank. Uh, fucking Dale and Boomhauer, like they're just these criminals because they have a few beers. Well, they're all the type that are like, oh, doctor says I can't drink for a while. Well, I guess I'll go give my beer to my friend. It's not a big deal. Like, that's the kind of people they are. <laughs> and then, so of course, after Leanne and Bill uh, hint at falling in love, uh, we flash to see Luanne at the Beauty Academy. And because Leanne is too busy with Bill, she wasn't able to make it to Mother Daughter Night again. And it's hilarious because we've seen this teacher before uh, and we've seen her call Luann out before and we kind of know they have a feud, but she just low blows her here. 
Miss Platter, where is this mother you've been going on and on about? Oh, she's on her way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what a uh, bitch. <laughs> What's this lady's name again? Her name is Miss Kremser, and I she first appeared in a plastic white female, but I don't th I think she was just so annoying and rude that I was oh she's just like I'm not even going to talk about her. But this episode she appears again, so I wanted to talk about her this time. I want to point out plastic white female also written by David Zuckerman. Oh. He's got a thing for Miss Kremser. But uh, Miss, uh, Miss Kremser is the dean of the Arlen Beauty Academy. Uh, besides Plastic White Female, she appears in the episodes Propane Boom, Wings of the Dope, Take Me Out of the Ball Game, and of course, this episode we're talking about Leanne Saga. Now, she's voiced by Jennifer Coolidge, who is best known for playing none other than Stifler's mom in the American Pie movie franchise, and Paulette in the Legally Blonde movies. Was that Stacy's mom? No. Oh, Stifler's mom. Stifler's mom. <laughs> Different song. Yeah. And um, in less interesting news, she also appeared in 124 episodes of the woefully mediocre sitcom Two Broke Girls until it was finally cancelled. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> that actually, Good riddance. That makes me think, like, David Zuckerman wrote and basically probably created Miss Kremser. Do you think that, like, all the directors, like, kind of work with the writers and be like, yo, like, you're going to bring back, you know, so-and-so this episode, right? Well, like, I don't know if it's so much the directors, but I, the writers definitely have been, we've been seeing it where they bring back elements or, like, jokes or little callbacks to things that they wrote in previous episodes. Totally, and I just imagine that the director and the writer obviously have to talk, and, like, at one point he's just going to be like, like, you're, are you going to do something with Miss Kremser? We do see, <laughs> we do see, like, writers and directors, like, who often end up working together, yeah. so I do see what I you're mean, saying I, yeah, yeah i totally hope that they chat yeah. you know I, it does like it makes me feel like because this is a unique idea in a animated show that the progression is like relevant um and so it's like i can see the writers wanting to have fun with that being like getting the opportunity to say yeah i can bring back miss kremser because because like it's the same thing like it's totally. the same character it's, it's the same show it's the same world like yeah. Back at the, uh, back at the garage, um, like you guys said, like Leanne kind of just like spotted Bill, and like they showed like her eyes, like she like saw him through the mirror, and it just like her eyes like lit up or whatever, and so she's like, she saw a Patsy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and then so. They're kind of like, you know, they're kind of like just drinking their grape soda, talking about, you know, the army and prison and their similarities and differences. And, um, uh, sorry, Leanne notices that Bill is wearing clear nail polish on his feet. And, um, she really likes a man that takes care of his feet. And then, um, I mean, she starts to give him a foot rub and, you know, one thing leads to another and... We flash to the morning. Not before we see Luann pretty upset that she's been stood up on Mother Daughter Night at her salon for a quick second. Yeah, she wasn't happy about that. Um, you, you do re really feel bad for Luann in this episode. Especially because she's, like, so unforgivingly... I actually, like, like, also feel bad for Peggy, too, because, like, she does give Luann so much love, and, like, Luann's just, like, not able to, like recognize like Peggy as like her kind of true mother like figure. mother figure for yeah. sure and it's like that whole 
Peggy knows better that I she's watching yeah. me and being like, it's an I told you so, but I can't tell you because you got to like, learn. And like as selfish as Peggy can be, she is like being like pretty good in this episode. Like she is kind of like taking like the high road for the most part. Yeah, I th- I agree with you. Like Peggy has definitely got some admirable features of this episode. And like and- a, a, another thing about like to defend Peggy, like in this episode, is that like. Leanne did try to kill her brother. Like, she has all the reason in the world to be like, I fucking hate you. You, like, call the cops. Like, like you're, like, you're trespassing. Like, what was there, like, when they were, because they're sisters, right? Like, no, no his I brother, thought... Peggy's brother was the one that got stabbed oh, by Leanne. Okay. So, so that's be why sis- her last name's Platter. They'd be like sister-in-law, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just considered her last name Platter now, so I assumed that was her maiden name. Nathan, she's I'm a sister wrong. outlaw. <laughs> That's very true. So, yeah, anyway, I mean, this foot rub happens. It's very, very disgusting. and It's magic. <laughs> and the noises Bill makes uh, when, like, he's getting his foot rubbed is so They remind gross. me of you taking a pee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was just shocked by the color, all right? <laughs> Um, so we uh, we head to the next day, and it's uh, everyone at the Hill family is uh, gathering around the breakfast table. They're all in their bathrobes and pajamas and um, kimonos. Kimonos, and it is just a hilarious scene. Morning. 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 I love Bobby's consistency in this episode as, like, the last man to speak. Oh, it's so funny. Like, just Bobby's just, like, kind of cluelessness and how I guess he just sits like, oh, well, Mr. Dotrie stayed the night, I guess. Like, that's interesting. Oh, they must have been playing wrestling games. (laughs) But it's so funny because, like, yes, Bobby's clueless, but, like, you can tell that his whole attitude is just like, these people are clueless. They're, like, they're not saying morning to Leanne and, like, or to Bill. And we know that Bobby likes Mr. Dotrieve. He keeps snacks in his couch cushions. <laughs> but, like, yeah, Hank and Peggy are absolutely just horrified that they see Bill strutting into their kitchen. And, like, of course, Bill has the fucking sheer arrogance to just not, like, you know, pre-warn them or come in and be like, you know, hey. Yeah, I, uh, or walk home in the yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. Like, or just go home. But, yeah. Or, or say, or walk home before they had grape soda. Say, hey, I got grape soda at my house. Yeah. Not Hank's garage. <laughs> yeah. You like snacks? <laughs> They're moving fast, but not that fast. Not that fast. They're moving faster than the speed of love. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately after this scene, we see Hank and Bill outside of Hank's house. And Hank's lecturing Bill about all the things that he did. And what I thought was really funny is that Hank is no longer in his bathrobe. Like, he was so pissed off. He's like, I'm putting my fucking jeans on to give you shit, Bill. Like, I'm not. We gotta, you, you, can't, you can't wash your mower in your robe. No. Yeah. Just, you're going to get grass all over it. But Bill's still in his robe. Oh, Bill, and he's just like. I, yeah, I think he, for the record, I think Bill was always in Leanne's robe. <laughs> Sorry, kimono. <laughs> yeah, and like Bill is just just so happy that he's met a woman that's you know into him yeah. after all these years. And Hank's like, as far as I'm concerned, Leanne is kicked out. Like as of right now, and Bill's like, <laughs> Bill's like, no, no, no. Like it's too soon in our relationship. I can't invite her to live at my house. Like you gotta let her stay. And Hank's like, has some pity for Bill. He feels for him. He's his friend. All right. 
Dang it, at this rate, my new workbench is never going to get used. No, it got used last night. Huh? Right after we took a little ride on your mower. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one time our friend went to buy a bed. And the man at the bed store sold him on a bed, and he used flashy language by calling all beds workbenches. <laughs> he was like, every man needs his own workbench. And like, when my friend told me that, I was just like, stop saying that. <laughs> I think like this is like the realest I've, like, we've seen Bill, I've seen Bill, at least in my eyes. It's like, everybody kind of knows that person that's, you know, been on a bit of a dry spell, you know, and then when it comes back around, they're just fucking king shit strutting around. <laughs> I'm like, every, everything changes. <laughs> Those people call beds work benches. So what'd you do last night? <laughs> Please close the door. <laughs> So we get Leanne and Luann in the bathroom, just chatting away, door wide open. Leanne's getting ready. Luann's just talking. And Luann's worried that Mama maybe skipped out on Mother Daughter Beauty Academy night because she was drinking again. But she was distracted with her new fling, she calls. Oh, me and Billa D are going out to celebrate today. <laughs> I love it. It took me a few watches before I actually noticed that, like, bi- like she said Billy D oh, in yeah. reference to Bill Beltreef. Yeah, it's so, like, unnecessarily, like, playfully romantic for, like, a, a two-day, like, infatuation that they have with each other. It's, yeah, it's... Like, if I didn't know who Bill was and I was just listening to Leanne say that she's hanging out with Billy D, I picture, like, a black button-up, white cowboy hat, like, coolest dude. I don't know. I kind of picture the honest... Or the opposite thing, actually. Like, I picture some guy who, like, owes me, like, a hundred bucks. <laughs> and, like, is avoiding me. It's like, fuck, where's that Billy D, man? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, the only thing I think of when anybody says Billy D is, is Billy D. Williams. Yeah. Who is obviously Lando Calrissian. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that, yeah, <laughs> Hank's pretty put off. <laughs> He's sick of hearing about Billy D. Oh, yeah. Please close the door. <laughs> and, like, poor Luann, like, because, like, Leanne is just such a piece of shit, and she's just like, Billy D's the best thing that's happened to me since I met your father. And it's like, you stop forgetting that Luann is your daughter, <laughs> like, pretending that you're her sister. Well, okay, after Hank says close the door then like Peggy Peggy sort of like opens like pretends to like go in and like closes the door and then reopens the door because like clearly she wants to like eavesdrop on the conversation and like which kind of like leads me to believe that like it's actually been Peggy that's been opening the door the whole time I didn't think of her trying to eavesdrop I thought of like just Peggy being stupid and like they didn't no, close the door, so I'm, she was returning it back no, to their uncle's I think position. That's like that's like when it showed her face. I think that was her like eavesdropping, oh. and I think that's like I kind of think like the whole thing was like the door being left open, like Hank being mad about it. I think it was actually like Peggy like opening oh, the door, yeah, like leaving it, like pretending to oh I'm oh, sorry, and then like leaving it slightly ajar so she can like. It's funny, yeah. That just Hank, like Hank and Peggy dealing with the it's same like the situation. Opposite, yeah, yeah, the same problem, like opposite solution. Like. Yeah, but she made a weird face when she popped in. She did, and that yeah, and that's what makes you think she was eavesdropping because it was like a weird reactionary face. 
just goes on to pile onto the weird animations in this whole episode. But I do, I do like kind of relate with Hank there, where you're like, oh, okay, there's that person I don't really want in my house. They're in the bathroom. They can't be. They, they aren't messing that much up in the bathroom. Like they're out of my sight for a minute. Like, thank God. But they leave the door open. And you're like, fuck, you're still here. Like, <laughs> I can relate. And like, of all places to have conversations, like, get out of the bathroom. Like, it's a utility. <laughs> but we are treated to a montage that rivals only Pretty Woman. This straight up apologizes in advance for you having to listen to this song. <laughs> I've been watching you for days now, baby. I just love your sexy ways now, baby. You know my love will never stop now, baby. Just put your love in my box now, baby. Wrap it up. He looks like Hugh Jimerson. <laughs> he From, really does. He looks exactly like Hugh Jimerson. He looks like if Bill, you know, was successful or won the lottery, like what Bill would do to his look. He has like a nice French mustache and like upper ray, I guess. This this is of course the 1986 single Wrap It Up by the fabulous Thunderbirds out of Texas. Um, this song is kind of annoying and a little bad. It will get stuck in your head for the next three days. It will. It would do you well to know that Sam and Dave do a version of it. This song is originally written by Isaac Hayes. And that one has a little bit more soul to it. It's kind of fun. This, this one is pretty forgettable. <laughs> but except it's been in my head for days. Just get a good listen to that. From my candy that Hank's mowing his lawn, but like he's just walking beside it and wearing <laughs> oven gloves. We also briefly see Luann during one of her major baby performances. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the major baby stabbing the other major baby in the back with a fork and everyone in the crowd's like, holy shit. <laughs> So yeah, Luann doesn't let it slip in front of her, uh, in front of her mama about how upset she is. But uh, I mean, it's definitely Dude, fuck this song. This reminds me of like some band. Is this like that? This is really long. Are we just listening to this song? Oh, I thought we were. Listening. It reminds me of you, like you're trying to like enjoy a nice afternoon at the waterfront or like at a park or something, and the oh, city's some the city's hired some like yeah. these like sixty year old oh. dudes with like sh- fucking like Guy Fieri shirts on, and they're just like, no, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it was like bowling. It's like, shirts. dude, shut up. Wrap around sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you got those from the gas station. <laughs> we're all drinking Keystone Light. <laughs> they all have a sunburn. <laughs> 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 well, who's the cool one? Is it the drummer's the one that still has hair? Yeah, one of them's bald. One, one of them, them still has, has hair, hair, and the other three are bald. <laughs> <laughs> the one that still has hair is like the coolest one's son. <laughs> the one who never got tied down. <laughs> There's always like a, the local crazy lady dancing, like <laughs> doing the Elaine dance yeah. in the front of everybody. <laughs> Wow, this was a real nice day in the park. <laughs> Somebody hired these fucking and, and it's like parents like holding their children back from like... 
<laughs> oh, somebody should really kick that guy's ass. <laughs> oh, so I guess after that montage that makes you think of that entire situation, uh, Bill's all spent. He's got no money left. He literally bought her the whole mall. And he has this line that we kind of really had to take a minute to decipher. Hey, Billy, let's go on down to Uglies and show off how in love we are. Yeah, I'd like it. <laughs> but I'm all tapped out till my next paycheck. We even spent my mad money. <laughs> yeah, I'd like that. I mean, his voice in this is, like, so different because he's, oh, he's so, so, like, like sly. Himself. Yeah. So what, does he say mad money or man money? What, what is he talking about? So he says man money. So me being, you know, unmarried, I was unfamiliar with this term. But this is a term that is basically, you know, that uh, that little bit of money that you keep out of your partner's knowledge. Like, oh, I'm going to the cabin with the boys. I need a little man money for beer and cigarettes that the wife can't know about. So it's like a little stash of money that you keep away from your partner's knowledge that he's obviously just kept up even though he's divorced. <laughs> Like the old, like, uh, like, you know, coffee pot in the garage or something yes. that's got, like, a bunch of cash in it. So it Yeah, like poker money and shit like that that you just, she doesn't know It kind of shows how, like, sad Bill is that he's been divorced. <laughs> but still put money in 13 her 13 years, <laughs> he's still got his... Exactly, exactly. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. I, uh, that was one of those ones where it was just like, I don't have a clue, and I'm not going to look. Don't worry, I got the time. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so like you said, um, Leanne wants to go to Uglies to show off how in love they are. And, you know, Bill can't afford it. So uh, That would have been a great scene. During the like, montage. Oh, sorry. To, yeah. to see everyone at Uglies and, like, Bill and Leanne. It's like, yeah. During the montage, we see that, you know, B Bill's, like, buying that stupid beer hat. Drinking grape soda out of that annoyed me so much. Yeah, See. he's a yeah he's about to give the clerk yeah. his money for his foot fungus and medicine. And it's like, buddy, you got a fucking foot fungus deal with it, like. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, like prescriptions come first. So health anyway, before wealth. <laughs> but I guess Bill's so like confident at this point that he thinks that like Leanne won't mind a bit of fungus. Yeah, he thinks they're like actually in love. <laughs> yeah. So like. Um, Cause she's like, oh, whatever. Foot rubs are free. Starts like taking his socks off. We see the fungus has returned, but it's not as bad as the first time we saw it. It's like his yeah, his toenails are still yeah, like discolored. And, uh, I guess that kind of leads Leanne down a path where she starts drinking again. Well, like, and it just kind of shows like how how small her willpower is. Like the slightest inconvenience, and she's like, well, yeah. I'm hitting the liquor again. Uh, it's pretty disgusting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You mean you don't got a little color on your toes? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's funny, like, because, like, Bill does, like, like, the bedroom talk, like, so what's Leanne's magic fingers going to do tonight? <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's yeah. just like, oh, my God. <laughs> so she goes over to get some almond oil and sees, like, the, the, the fridge stocked with beer. And, like, that scene kind of bugged me how, like, she starts, she starts shotgunning the beers, for, like, from the bottom. And it's yeah. like, and Bill's just sitting, like, 10 feet away. And he's just like, do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, it's, that's true, it's, actually. It's like watching somebody cut a sandwich not down the middle. It's like, you, that's not how you do it. Like, that's wrong. You're going to notice, like, some, <laughs> yeah. someone's shotgunning, like, 12 beers. Yeah, like, that, like, that was, like, the other part, too. It's yeah. just, like, it's like those, like, you'll see it in sitcoms where, like, the two people will sidebar and talk really loudly, and the people at the same table are just like, da, 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 da. oh, I'm not hearing what you're saying. Like, please have continued this private conversation, but... 
uh, yeah, Bill Stoll. I think he's sitting on Hank's lawnmower, actually. <laughs> 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 Waiting for his next foot rubbing. You see, as soon as, like, the beard touches Leanne's lips, her, like, eyebrows kind of raise and her, like, pupils dilate a bit. Yeah, she looks like, like that classic, like, cartoon evil, like... She reminded me of, like, a dragon from, like, yeah. the Black Cauldron or something. Yeah, those are, like, 80s cartoons, like, that are, like, all fantasy. Like, like a snake yeah. or something. Like, definitely like Jungle Book, maybe, even. Yeah, totally. The animation in this was really strange, and I, I think I'm attributing a lot of that to when they ship it overseas. It's strange, it's strange, but I really like it. Like, it, it, it shows a lot of, like, character, I think. A lot of... Emphasize character, for sure. It's... It, it's... It, I, I, I would use episodes like this to further my argument um, against, quote-unquote, live-action remakes of Disney cartoons, like Li Lion King. Aladdin. No, Aladdin has humans in it, so that is live-action. Whereas, like, Lion King is all, like, CG, it's animated, it's, like, computer animation animals, but it's, like, supposed to look real. It's like the Jungle Book. It's like the Jungle Book. And the Jungle Book, I thought, was bad because the animals didn't make, they don't make, they don't make for good, like, characters because they don't emote. They just have animal faces. And, like, in the cartoons, you can make snakes emote just, like, to look like Leanne did there, where she looks like a snake, like she looks like that snake from... Kind of like when the Grinch gets a good idea. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. But like, if it's just like, you know, real life, you can't make a snake make that face. You're totally, you're totally right. But they just got to find new ways to make remakes. <laughs> yeah. It is like the, it is like a little bit rough around the edges, like the, the animation and like just the look of it. And I do like it though, like you said. I did, like, yeah. It gives. Uh, it's like a little bit edgy in a way, like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost like listening to like a band you like, like early demos or something, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah. It, it does feel like this one belongs more in ep in season one, even just because it's like the content. Like it introduces a really good side of Bill. I feel like you know Luann's character would be more well understood if. This wasn't the thirty-first episode. It does. It's not bad. I just think it. Yeah, it does. It does fit in the first season more than the second. I feel. Damn, thirty-one. Yeah, I like I that. didn't even realize. This is the thirty-first episode. I down. That we've done. So we missed the thirtieth. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. It's like uh, you know, we can all go for Baskin Robbins after this. Doesn't <laughs> 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 no, I must still have one? I don't think we ever had one. Yeah, we did. I used to go every, I used to go when I was in kindergarten. Did you know that they put cookie dough in the ice cream? <laughs> it's pretty good. Get my keys, sister. <laughs> I want 32 flavor samples, and there's nothing they can do about it. <laughs> um, so I guess it's the next day, and um, Hank is still unable to use his, uh, use his garage. So uh, Bobby, or uh, sorry. Him and Bobby are outside doing some light woodworking, and this is, I think, the consens consensus for our favorite uh, scene of this episode. It was supposed to be a surprise! Ooh. Oops. Okay, if you want me to hold it tight, say T. If you want me to hold it real tight, say RT. That'll be our system. <sighs> All right, T. <laughs> ow! Ow! <laughs> 
said it before, I'll say it again. Start with RT. Like, there is no harm in holding it too tight. <laughs> yeah, that, like, reminded me of, like, I think it's, like, Seinfeld has a bit about, like, how hard it is to buy, like, cough medicine or, like, flu medicine where it's, like, well, there's, like, extra strength, extreme strength, like, fucking, like, the like the next level's up. It's, like, why don't you just make, like, the good one? <laughs> like, and, like, 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 why do you have to, like, lower yourself? It's, like, oh, I'm sick, but I'm not that sick. I guess there is, like, you know, some demographics that would be, like, just, you know, I just want the light stuff, you know, that actually listens to the instructions, like, don't drink alcohol, don't drive after four pills, you know? And we called those people pussies. <laughs> but uh, Hank is incensed by his lack of his own garage. It's, it's very reminiscent of when he loses his den in season one, because, you know, he goes into his den and it's got, you know, Luann's stuff everywhere and he's pissed off about it. And he goes into his garage and it's just shit everywhere. And Denim, I believe he heads to his fridge to uh, discover something. He finds all the uh, surprise beers that Bill stashed in there, but they've all been drained from the bottom, and he knows that business is afoot. And he starts giving the signal to Bobby. We get our first ever red alert. Bobby, red alert! Get over to Dale's and lock the doors! Move! Peggy! Peggy, it's Leanne! She's She's right here. Uh, Uh, hey. And this is where we start to realize what's wrong with Leanne. Because, obviously, the first thing we see and the first thing that we hear is uh, the worst news possible that Bill and Leanne are getting engaged. And we also get to take a look at her violent side. It was supposed to be a surprise! And she gives him a nasty welt. Like, it is purple. Deep purple. Purple haze. Yeah, she just she just fucking hammers him. And, like, Leanne instantly just turns back into the Leanne that everyone's, like, afraid of. She's, like, burping and drunk and just swaying around. She's like, I need a smoke. <laughs> I need a smoke. <laughs> Me too, sister. <laughs> hey, stay strong, where's with Patch? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, later on, I guess, like, Hank's outside... Finally washing his mower. Scrubbing his mower. <laughs> yeah, he's like scrubbing it down with a sponge. But he's uh he's giving Bill another talking to <laughs> and he's trying to like sort of like scare Bill out of like telling him it's a bad idea to marry um um Leanne. To marry Leanne, sorry. And she's like, Leanne's first husband won't leave um the oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico or whatever until he faxes him her death certificate. <laughs> so, but I mean, Bill's convinced they're in love and like they're gonna be really happy. And even though like Hank's like, "Whoa, why why'd she hit you?" And then Bill's like, "Oh, that's just a game we play." So, not, not one of my favorites, <laughs> yeah. but she seems to enjoy but, uh, it. I mean, yeah, Bill's uh, Bill's fucked. Yeah, like, it's, he's it's, just like. He's delirious. And he's like, just so weak-minded. Yeah. Like, and this, this is the part where Hank's like, uh, this goes without saying, but I'm just going to say it just in case. Y'all can't yeah. live in my garage. <laughs> and then he's like, and then he's like, no, we're going to live at my house. Yeah. And then he's like, he's like, it's big enough for two of us. Maybe more. Yeah. <laughs> and, then like, and Hank's, Hank's like, shudder. Like, oh. <laughs> They've known each other two days. <laughs> 
could we imagine like a world where they do have a son and it looks just like a like a trailer park Bobby? Oh. <laughs> like, I think if that would happen, the series wouldn't have made it to a third season. Like, like I imagine, like the second they said that, I just like had, had pictures of like trailer park boys, of, like the bottle kids, just like smashing bottles, yeah. <laughs> just, like humming garbage in a Hank's yard and shit. <laughs> and um, we move on to the next scene, and we see Peggy, and she's reading a book. And the book is entitled "Men Who Love Women You Women You Hate." Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. So like, they're not really beating around the bush here. Like that's a that's a very direct. Uh, I thought it was also it's called it was entitled again. Just say that. Men who love women you hate. Okay, so the man in this scenario is Bill. Is William Fontaine de la Dordo okay. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was men you love who love women you hate. No, no. It, yeah, it's the opposite, but. Peggy and uh, Luann, they start arguing, and it's a, it's about Mama. I will not have you running around all glammed up like Phyllis Diller. Yeah, because Luann comes comes rushing into the kitchen while Peggy's reading, and she's got, like, the wig on, and she's got, like, the fake tattoo, the heart tattoo on her chest. And Peggy's so against it. And, Lu- and Luann is just still defending her mother to the death. And this is the final straw, the breaking point for, for Peggy in the episode, where she's like, well, next time she breaks your heart, I'm not, I'm not going to be there anymore. Like, you can... You know, she's your problem now. And like Little Pond and I were talking about earlier, this is like one of those... How, how, we were talking about how Peggy is super admirable and treats Luann really well, and I feel like this kind of ultimatum was a good choice for Peggy. I feel like she kind of needed to do this to Luann to help her learn. Yeah, she needs some yeah, tough totally. love Yeah, totally, yeah. Because Peggy's like, you just, you can't see her for what what she really is, Luann. Like, you're the, you know, you and Billy D are the only two, only two people not terrified of her. This is like a fairy tale. I'm gonna call you Stepdaddy Bill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, right about this, or right at that point, Bill walks in with Hank and he announces to the fam. Oh, sorry. I just want to mention before that, like, um, when, like, she's, like a little bit before when Luann's wearing like the wig to look like her, oh, her yeah. mom. She's like, I won't have you glammed up like Phyllis Diller. And like, I did look <laughs> up who Phyllis Diller was. And oh, you didn't know? I had no idea. <laughs> but um, I do have an interesting, she was an American actress and stand-up comedian from alive from like 1917 to like 2012. She's like. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, 1917. Oh, wow. No, so, I'm like, kidding. Um, <laughs> Alive since she was known for her like wild clothes and like wild hair and her cackle and like I did see a picture of her like she looked familiar and she was she was like one of those like really dolled up like Texas look or like what the picture people. of Gaudi in the dictionary. But uh, no, I I just want to say like um, she's in what? Oh, sorry. Is, is she was she ever like was she known as like a, a TV personality like an interviewer like an Entertainment Tonight kind of thing? No, I, I don't think so. I looked her up. Like she's on all those shows. Like, like Carson. Yeah, exactly. And then like she's like um, she's like on loads of TV. So like she, she was. I I don't know. Maybe You're I. You're thinking think of so. Regis Philbin. I, I was thinking like. <laughs> I always get those two mixed up. Duh. <laughs> but like she was on like the 1966 like the 60s Batman. Like, oh, oh. yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know if she was just in one episode or, but, um, another interesting thing, she was in, um, 
she was in a, a later episode of King of the Hill. Um, I think it's the third season, Escape from Party Island. It's where um, um, Hank's with his mom and, and her, his mom's friends, and they're all, like, a bunch of old ladies. And, like, they go to Florida, whatever. You guys will cover it. But she plays one of the old ladies, um, like, the friends of Hank's mom. So I mean I thought Oh so she she's actually on the no, show. No, she's like a character. Like That's cool. she's she's voice like voice acts it. Yeah, she's like Hank's mom's friend. That's awesome. Well, we'll and like I, I saw her like I quickly looked at her Wikipedia and like at this point like she is like just playing old ladies and stuff and like anything that needs an old lady. She was also the queen in A Bug's Life. I love that movie. I always thought Phil Stiller was like a like a Mary Tyler Moore, or like a like like a like a like a famous comedian from the di- from the seventies who had their own TV show where they just like interviewed other comedians. That's what I thought Phil Stiller always was. Who's the girl that touches the letters sure, on Wheel well, of Fortune? Oh, that's um, Vivian Campbell or something. No, isn't it Lara? Well, I can't remember. No, it starts with V. I can't remember. I, uh, I kind of got a pee. <laughs> I love this next scene. We get Bill running out into the alley, just dodging plates, wearing sunglasses. Yeah, you can hear just the ruckus Leanne is causing. It's funny because there's a deleted scene um, that would have taken place immediately before we see Bill. And it was just like the guys in the alley hearing the commotion and smashing plates. And Hank just makes a comment. Sounds like they've lost that loving feeling. <laughs> I love. I wish that stayed. Hey, did you just hear this like enraged yelling in the background as Bill like stumbles out? Hey, 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 fellas! What happened to your eye? I oh, eye! Oh, that that that's an interesting story. Uh, you know what? I was walking, I was walking, and I walked into a door. Wait a minute. How is that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> Something doesn't add up. <laughs> I love that scene because, like, Boomhauer the whole time is shaking his head. Like, Bill, you're such an idiot. And, like, Dale says that, and then Hank gives him another one of those, like, quick looks where he's, like, just super frowning and, like, shut up, Dale. That's not what you're supposed to be mad about. I really feel like maybe when Leanne was 34, maybe she tried to pull this shit with Boomhauer. <laughs> Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. Yeah, Boomhauer knows. Why do you think no means no, man? No means no. Okay, if she gets out of hand, I'll go high. You guys go low. I'm ready for pepper spray. 50% capsicum. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, at the beginning of our barbecue. But just before, I'll pass it over to our Troop Scout leader to get into the barbecue. Capsicum is, um, is an ingredient in pepper spray. But what it is is more of like an umbrella term for 20 to 27 species of pepper, including jalapeno, banana, cayenne, and habanero. So all the good ones uh, fall fall into the range of... uh, I love banana. Capsicum. Yeah, me too. And it's just funny that Dale just, like, is just going to, like, just, like, shut up, Dale. Like, just call it peppers. Like, just just don't do that. (laughs) What's the other 50%, Dale? I don't know. I guess it's water and aerosol. Bears. (laughs) Bug spray. And so we're at the engagement celebration barbecue, and Leanne is in full send. She is fucked. <laughs> like, I imagine her 
you know, me at around like 12 a.m. when everybody's already been partying for a long time. That's what she's kind of coming in as. You last night. Shut up. You were there. It was you yesterday at 12 noon. Okay. Well, let's not get it. This isn't about me. This is about Leanne. <laughs> and she is cranked to 11. And she is yelling at everybody. She's partying. She's insulting Bill in the most hilarious <laughs> way. Mama, maybe you should eat something. Well, where's the damn food? The fungus for brains already gobble it all up. <laughs> gobble up. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I hear her burp, I do think of you. I th- <laughs> but she obviously just burped and threw a glass. <laughs> yeah, hums your beer bottle at poor old Bill. And just before drunk Leanne staggers out, we see the guy standing around Bill's weird grill that he's got. And it's funny because Dale's like, just so like, I mean, he doesn't need to be sensitive, but he's just like, where the hell's the, 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 like the wedding girl? Like, I'm, I'm hungry now. And um, we see Bill's grill and it's like an old barrel cut in half. And you see, you see the letters G-E-N-T-R-A-N-G-E, which is like Bill's grill is an old barrel from Agent Orange. Oh. From the from the, the thrash metal band from the eighties? Uh, no, not quite. Not so. Not so. Uh, no, not more so. from the the Vietnam War. Uh, it's a very horrible pesticide that the states dropped all over Vietnam. Yeah, it's terrible. In, in the south, south, south Asia. southeast Asia. That's what I was looking for, which is horrible. Um, it still causes like problems to this day. It was basically just meant to eliminate all of their crops, also to take out all the vegetation for the Viet Cong to hide in, and for Bill to have a homemade barbecue made out of it is weird <laughs> taste the meat not the heat right so of course what does leanne do she turns on the radio so it took me a while because i'm a big zz top fan i will go on record and say that the zz top concert that we went to was among my top three favorite concerts I've ever been to. It's pronounced ZZ Top. Sorry, it is ZZ Top. We are in Canada. Was that the Stray Cats concert? It was Stray Cats, ZZ Top, and The Pretenders. The Pretenders. I was there. I remember. You were there. I was fucking there. Oh. I got a Stray, t- Stray Cats t-shirt. Ah, nice. I remember it from, uh, from our drama class that we had in grade 11. And okay. it was like, what was your favorite thing from the summer? And then I was like, well, I saw the Stray Cats DC Top. <laughs> yeah. And like, Stray Cats are awesome. I thought it was going to be fun. I was like a big, I'm a big fan of both. And I was at the time. Wasn't so much a Pretenders fan at the time. Me and Nathan went and hung out. Yeah, so you know that one song though. Yeah, everybody knows Brass in the Pocket. But no, but and, and I do. I would say I like the Pretenders now. But at the time, I couldn't have given a shit. And Nathan and I went and smoked joint out at the smoke pit with some biker. <laughs> so yeah, it was a whole bunch of bikers at Zizzy Top concert, not caring about the Pretenders with us smoking weed. It was well, yeah, they were the very first ones to go on Stray Cats in the it middle. Was, no, it was, no, it was Stray Cats first, Pretenders in the middle, and Zizzy Top last. And yeah, no, it was it was good, man. The bass drum set looked like the front of a semi truck, and and they rode car out on stage. It was awesome. They were great. They did the spinning around the guitars. And oh, stuff. totally. Yeah. That was where I learned one of my most important life lessons. That's don't buy a T-shirt at a concert unless it's got the dates and locations on the back. Uh, yeah, that's the important. That's the only thing you spend the forty bucks on. Everything oh, else yeah. you can get for twenty bucks at the rock shop. Yeah, like what's going to the rock shop? 
<laughs> go to rock shop. Go to rock shop. But no, uh, ZZ Top. Besides that, uh, I I like heard this. They played just the guitar solo of this song, and I was like, oh, that's ZZ Top. I fucking know it. And like I was listening. I spent an enjoyable like a couple hours last night listening to the first five, six ZZ Top records. I listened to the first five. I didn't include the live one, but this track is from 1979's Diguelo. It was an, a very successful album in my eyes because it was in Lauren's Ford F-150 that we drove around and almost exclusively had Diguelo in the tape deck. What else was on that album, like the other singles? I Thank You, um, which has another funny sort of reference to this uh, episode in that Sam and Dave also recorded that song originally. But I thought that was fun. Yeah, it's got it's I, also I, I like Sam and Dave. Sam and Dave are great. Um, I Thank You was the most successful song on that record at the time, but the most memorable song that anybody else would know is Cheap Sunglasses. Um have, I mean, like I know, like a lot of the ZZ Top sounds kind of simil similar, but like those three songs are like they're cut from the same cloth. It's yeah, I would say so. Cheap Sunglasses is a kind of a start of that like '80s ZZ Top. I would say Deguelo is the is the big send off to that '70s sound of ZZ Top. Yeah, it's like the big heavy riffs and kind of slow, yeah. like, brooding melodies. And it's funny, yeah, exactly, brooding melodies. I would say, yeah, because they would they. If you listen, I was listening to 1970s ZZ Top first album. That's what it's called, ZZ Top's first album. That's easy. <laughs> and uh, it's, easy. <laughs> it's easy. And they and like that sound in those songs, they sound like blues rock covers that you would have heard in like the 90s they aren't covers but like they sound like somebody taking an older song and making it modern i was like asking my girlfriend i was like what when do you think this came out she was like 95 i was like no it's 1970 like it's zz top where i feel like they were pretty ahead of their time until the 80s and then they got with the times very successfully i will add what i thought was really cool that they did when they were live was like it, it's almost kind of cheesy, but it's also like I wouldn't have it any other way where they would start to tell a story and then like the last word of the story was just like, and then I went to the dollar store and bought some cheap sunglasses. All right, and it's so just like, darn. If I'm going to go off, like ZZ Top was my favorite band because like my, my mentality of going to see a band is if I could have just listened to the record at home, I'm not thrilled. But ZZ Top, they put on a fucking show and uh, they were show. hanging out with us. Like, they were like, oh, man, I love being up in Canada. They went on for minutes about how they love coming to Canada. And Canada, we have loonies. And then they go to go to the dollar store. And then he goes up to the dollar store. And he's like, and he's like, and he's going off about the dollar store. And he's just saying, like, yeah, you go to the dollar store, get anything you want for a dollar. And, and I went up to the counter, and they had, a, they had this rack of cheap sunglasses and everybody's like yeah they're gonna play cheap sunglasses and then like <laughs> she and then he keeps going and he's just like oh and then the lady bends over and she had these long legs or whatever and then they play legs and yeah. then it's like oh i got you but like it was that engagement and like the fun that they have with their audience and like how much they want to be there and it, i will always respect zz top for how good of a show that they put on that's that's hilarious because i have a similar story but it's it's less impressive it was around uh, 2004, and I went up island a bit with my family, and we saw none other than Tom Cochran. 
with Red Rider of, you know, Life is a Highway fame. And he's just like, you know, uh, me and the band, we got off, uh, got off the plane and we hopped on the highway. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember being 12 years old. I'd be like, "That's it! Like that's, yeah. like that's the lead into the only song that like every like anyone knows you by." It's like, "Hey, we're here. We're gonna play it. <laughs> Don't worry." Yeah. And then he said he was afraid of bears. And <laughs> it's our encore too. It just that story just reminded me that Denim and I saw um, Marcy's Playground in like play sex and candy. <laughs> yeah, some guy was like giving him a hard time. He's like. We're gonna play it at the end. <laughs> it's like their closer, obviously. Yeah. I actually uh, commented about Marcy Playground show. That was awesome. But I think that it was funny that when they did play Sex and Candy, the audience sang it, and the singer just stepped away from the microphone. He was just like enjoying people singing his song. He was like, "You guys know this one. <laughs> just go for it." And that was that was fun. So anyway, so while that music's, are we recording? Yeah, oh, okay. the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't a personal concept. No. <laughs> We're at three hours. So, okay. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, you know, after she turns the, um, what's it called? The ZZ Top on. After Leanne turns on the radio and starts rocking out to uh, some ZZ Top, she's dancing and you know, kind of making everybody else uncomfortable at the barbecue. And um, she ends up, like, you know, whipping the girls out. And <laughs> starts... <laughs> I must be 34. <gasps> Woo! Lemonade! Ah. Hello, Roddy. Hello, Lemonade. Say hi. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah... It's like she says, like, what every, like, annoying, like, wasted, drunk woman is going to start with the <laughs> Poor Bill. His woman is making a fool of him. It happens. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, she's, like, yeah, she's making everyone super uncomfortable, and she's just being, like, really drunk and obnoxious. Whipping her boobs out and dancing on the <laughs> picnic table. And she starts like grinding up on um, Buckley and she's like, Show me some love or something. <laughs> and then, like, Come on, stud. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously, like, Buckley gets freaked out. Help! Get this skank off me! And uh, that really triggers her. And like, she just goes into like, Rage mode after that. Yeah, as soon as Buckley uh, utters the word skank, she fucking loses her mind and she's like looking around for something and she grabs a fork and Dale is like, his voice is cracking. He's like, <laughs> Like, obviously, before uh, Peggy's brother got stabbed with a fork, she he called her a skank and that's what set her off for sure. But I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because I wanted to mention that red corn voice. Does not sound a thing like red corn. It is very obviously different. Yeah, it does sound a lot different. Yeah, it was. It's so much, in fact, that I like double checked the IMDb before we um, sat down to record this episode, and it actually is, in fact, Jonathan Joss. He's still credited for this episode, so I don't know. Maybe he had uh, the flu, or he was because that's the only lines he says, right? Those three words. Yeah, it sounds like he recorded it from home and sent it in, and it's just completely separate from the entire recording. So yeah, this was in Leanne goes nuts and she's about to stab 
Buckley with her fork. And right when the, she's like thrusting the fork towards him, Peggy grabs her arm and goes, excuse me, Leanne, that was, that was my fork. And Peggy goes like, gives like a little rundown on her. And she's just like, listen, like you don't know what you're missing out on. You don't know how much your daughter loves you. We don't know, or you don't realize that we don't fucking need you at all for a second, especially with you on the booze. And she just starts laying into her in front of everybody. And for like a brief moment, she like, she thinks that, you know, she's, she's okay. She goes, oh my God, you're right. You can let go of my hand. And that line was like, that's suspicious. Like, you don't have to say that. I totally thought that this was going to end like, oh man, like Peggy finally gets to say something about the fork stabbing. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to end with like, you know, Lily being like, oh shit, I fucked up. We've been on a roll here in episodes of Dale, uh, his fight or flight uh, instinct <laughs> happening. So, I, and it's, it's like six episodes in a row where he runs. This one, he's finally prepared. He's got his pepper spray. It's fifty percent capsicum. So as Leanne like runs and charges and like like tackles Peggy from behind and like brings her down to the ground, the guys that you expect to come in and save the day are trying to come and save the day. It's John Redcorn, it's Boomhauer, and it's Hank are rushing to the scene. Dale, like a, like a fucking the moron he is, like whips the cap off his pepper spray. And Maces, the guys that are the only ones that are going to save <laughs> like, like this brawl from happening. But um, the fight continues. Peggy and Le- Leanne are rolling around on the floor. And Leanne's like, I kicked your brother's ass, I'll kick your ass too. And Peggy's like, well, you forgot to realize that my brother has an average man size feet, size six, I think, and I have size 16, and she pulls out her big, like, sideshow bob feet and just boots her off of her. Peggy kicks Leanne's ass, literally, with a, a final Yeah, boot. I like I, I do like how she literally kicked his him in the ass. Yeah. Or like, her in like the ass. foot to the ass, kicks her over, and it's a triumphant win, and, like, what else does she do other than fuck off? Like, <laughs> she she leaves. Like, and I was thinking about it. I was just like, that's what everybody wanted. Everybody, did, like, from the beginning of the episode, everybody just wanted her not to be there. Everybody prepared for yeah. her to come. Everybody except Didn't Bill want her there. <laughs> everybody except Bill, Luann, and Bobby. And, she, and, like, when she does, like, finally, like, lose, like, the episode's <laughs> over and she loses, she just leaves, and everybody's happy. Yeah. I, I did want to backtrack a bit. You know, like, before the fight where, like, um, Peggy's just upset. She's just yeah. like, I want to go home. And Hank's like, finally. And then they start going home and they have to drag Bobby away because he's, like, watching her dancing without his shirt on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> forgot to mention. They cover, cover his eyes up. But, yeah, it's um, the fight ends. And, like, Peggy gets that huge round of applause by everyone. And Leanne, like... She's just she's just so dumb, but maybe at this point she finally realizes how unwanted she is. So she storms off in Bill's truck. Now, yeah. We- well, also, um, Luann sticks up for herself in a way here, where she's like, "Come on, Luann, you're coming oh, right. with me." And then Luann's like, "No, like I think that's all she says." She just shakes her head and cries. Yeah. And then, right. like, and that's when she's like, "Well, we're not gonna be sisters anymore." Yeah, I thought that line was a bit tacky, actually. Oh, like, I, I thought, I thought that was like kind of like okay, like. I I think that line's great because I think it is tacky, but it's also tacky in the way that somebody who who's a mother pretends to be the sister, like that's tacky of itself. So I do think it is tacky in that I think that like it is meant to be tacky. 
I I could see it that way, like where they're like, oh, they're they're such close mother daughter, they're sisters. But like I I thought it more literally, like oh, like Leanne's like that drunk and stupid that she thinks like Luann's her sister. As we see Leanne depart, we get a new vehicle into the Arland world. Now I believe it's the first time we've seen it, and I guess the last time we've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it comes back, then the cops are gonna get called. Yeah. But no, yeah, because I was asking about this last episode. Does Bill drive? Yeah, because like this is an ep- like this scene I had totally forgot about because like I only remember Bill driving the car what he drives like for the rest of the series uh, pretty much exclusively, and this one because we never see him. He's like as you mentioned, he's always drunk riding shotgun. Like he's never driving. So that's so when surely we. You do have to drive to. the the base like to get to work right? he would but it's just never brought up and i feel it's like they would like make fun of him ruthlessly if he met, took like public transit or something oh yeah like probably so i was uh as i do spend most of my free time perusing the internet movie cars database or the imcdb for short <laughs> and of course the local gearheads on their page about the king of the hill they had bill's truck which i was very excited to see because oftentimes when it's like a very small one-time shot it's a, it's not often because like I, I honestly that shot was so not including the truck that mm-hmm. I do not like specifically remember what, anything that the truck looks like. And I, I think part of it is that like they color it and animate it how um, they also do with the other truck that we weren't really sure if it was Boomhauer's or Dale's, but they always make it that like kind of nondescript like army green and like no real trucks were coming out of the factory at that point in that time in the seventies with that really bland color. You know they're always usually two tone that sort of thing. So this one, what they were discussing, it's, it's like, or it, it would be a 1967 to 1972 Chevy pickup. And there was, of course, some debate and some discussion. But what they, the general consensus and what I agreed with, the pictures I saw, that it would be a 1971 Chevrolet C20, which would be a single cab, long box, three-quarter ton Chevy pickup. Just to add, my father used to have one of them, but it was a crew cab. Four-door, sedan, long box. That's like the rarest of them all. And it, even more rare, it ran on clean burning propane. Fuel-efficient <laughs> propane. Propane. It was, it, was a, it was a feat, man, just trying to find somewhere that, that would, would fill, fill us up. up. Oh, my God. We knew of, like, four places to go camping. It was like, we have to stop there. <laughs> because propane is great. It works amazingly. And it, I think it might just be in the way the tanks are, like, Built because it says you're like full until it says you're at court. <laughs> so Leanne leaves, and Hank mentions to Bill that he should probably call the police because she stole his truck. And of course, if she doesn't come back, it means we were never meant to be. And if she does come back, well, then I'll call the police. <laughs> I love that. Bill's like sick and twisted, fucking like spin on like if you if you love something, let it go. If it comes back, it was you know it was always yours and always was. Blah blah blah. Uh, I love that he like doesn't want her to come back. Like I like that he's like he he's kicked the shit out of him for the last like <laughs> ten minutes of the episode. That's true. Did you see that bruise, <laughs> the black eye. I think the way it was leading into is that Bill could easily have fallen into the trap of like, oh, but that's the only woman that loved me. It's like no, it's the only woman that talked to you, Bill. <laughs> well, he's used to it by now, I guess. This is another episode where we have uh, like the, like you know the show continues through like the ending credits, and honestly. 
I I know we've talked about a couple parts being our favorites, but this is my favorite line in the entire episode. You kicked her ass, Mom. Yes, I did. But she's a better dancer. You do not know that. <laughs> is this through the credits? Out of the crew through the credits is them at Mother Daughter. Yeah, that's... What's this? That was like the final show. That was leading up to it. Yeah. Because I thought Mother Daughter, because I thought it was funny how Nathan commented earlier, and I noticed it too, that the dresses that she bought were different colors. But when Peggy and Luann are sitting there, they're both in like what look to be like the isotoner sundresses. They seem to be the ones that they got for Mother Daughter night. The Antonise bond is even stronger. I think so too. Twin sisters may have the strongest bond. Mm, especially if they're attached at the head. Mm-hmm. And next would be the aunt-niece bond. Oh, yeah. Strongest is the aunt-niece attached at the head. Well, I don't know how that would happen, but yes, that would be very, very strong. So I really like that that little end. It, like, it's a sweet moment. But um, I like the like how it starts, like... Luann has a problem, and it's that Mr. Dotry keeps introducing her as his daughter. (laughs) She doesn't know how to deal. She doesn't know how to deal with it. She's gone. Every mom's gone. What are they at, like, Luli's cafeteria or something? Like, where would they be? And Bill's just like, there's my stepdaughter. Yeah. Probably just a boomhauer again. All right, guys, and we made it somehow to the end. The episode finishes, the credits roll, and when the credits roll, it brings us to our final thoughts. And being the guest on the show, Nathan, take, take right. us away. Well, I, I really like this episode. Um, I think it's one, may, maybe not one of my favorites, but it's, it's definitely up there. Um, I like how they explored, like, the relationship between, like, Luann and... Um, Peggy, because like so much of the series is be- like the relationship between Hank and Bobby, and like this is kind of like yeah, it's kind of nice. I liked it. I liked it too. And one thing that was very subtle, but I kind of liked, uh, that ties into this whole King of the Hill keeping the same universe going, and the progression matters is that the whole reason that she had to stay with Luann is because the trail is tipped over. <laughs> And that's what brought us to this whole episode. And I think it's really good because there's a lot of hype about who Leanne is and, and why, you know, Luann has to be where she is. And, and it kind of just all makes sense. And she is exactly the trailer trash I expected and more. So I liked this episode. I'll give it one fork and 20 years in prison. <laughs> I, uh, I I agree. I, I mean, as a big fan of Luann episodes, I do think this episode could have had more Luann. I would have, you know, like, Leanne was brilliant, and her character, like, makes so many characters outside of their realm of comfort, which makes for a good episode and makes for great jokes all around. I loved every second of this episode. I would have liked more um, to be the like the emotional center to f- come from Luann, but I also think it says something that like it she isn't emotionally advanced enough <laughs> to like simple. understand these issues, and I think that's obvious throughout the episode. You can save the seat for Mama in case she comes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's yeah, she's. 
So I do love this episode. I think it's hilarious. I think it's I. This is where I like King of the Hill at, where this episode clearly has a good understanding of its characters and the show that it's making. And I I think this is a strong one. Yeah, and they also like keep it really funny with all like Bill's shenanigans. <laughs> like it's like good emotionally, but it's also really funny. I agree. It's it, it's funny because it's it's funny because you like you know it by this point. Like you know Bill. Like we've, I got a soft spot for Bill, like within me. And it's <laughs> like I like man like Bill, fuck man, <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> like, Please close the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty much. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with all of you guys. I love the episode. The Bill episodes seem to be like you know one of the like the the ones we see the least. They don't come around very often. I guess this would be the first Bill episode that we've seen. Um, but no, yeah, I really liked it because like you know like so many episodes, Luann is like just like what John Redcorn was in this episode, like just one or two little quips, and then you know she, you, you you don't see her again. So like these. Luann episodes that like usually by the end of it there's like a real good like resolution and she like solidifies her place more and more in the family with each uh, like Luann episode that she has right like she continues to grow on it and like Hank and Bobby's interactions were fascinating in this episode it's like yeah. we don't really see like they're on such good terms with each other and like they're like best friends because they're that I don't know they're the the B plot, C plot, I'm not really sure, but... Yeah, B or C, but I think, like, the Bobby and Hank thing in this one kind of goes to further the, like, that Bobby and Hank's relationship isn't the ideal for Hank, mm -hmm. but, like, the, not, the not ideal for Hank is clearly way better than <laughs> the not ideal for Luann and Leanne. Like, it's like a different, it's a disconnect of, of parent and, and, and um, son or daughter, right. but like just through different eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. And it, it's, it's a great episode. Um, I love it. It was, it was one of the ones that I didn't realize how it was one of my favorites, but it's, it's definitely one of my favorites. I have no complaints. Pamela Adlon, at first when I was like, oh, she, she was Leanne, I was really surprised. And then I thought about it for a second and I was like, oh, I'm not that surprised. Like, she's, she, like, she does fantastic work. It was a great job. Like, I, yeah, I loved Leanne. I'm actually, like, now that, because I didn't, I don't remember her in, her in any other episodes, but I was hoping that I maybe hadn't seen them. Mm -hmm. You tell me she ain't, but that's unfortunate. I wish that she, like, was out of money sometime and came back, because that, you know, that, that would spark some life into season eight or yeah. nine. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's so volatile. I mean, they can go any which way they wanted to, but, yeah, it was a, it was a great episode, and that's all I've got to say about that. Yeah, Bill saw a little action. <laughs> so did Hank's mower. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was a long one. I'm happy you stuck around. Let's go fishing. Let's uh, hang a sign on the door of my life and get a round table. Wimitania!
Want to hear more Order of the Straight Arrow? Join the conversation on Twitter at Utsakothpod or follow us on Instagram at Utsakothpod or look for us on Facebook at Order of the Straight Arrow, a King of the Hill podcast. Catch new episodes every Sunday night. Please share this podcast with your friends and feel free to contact us by email at utsakothpod at gmail.com. Please, no hate mail. Hey, what's your crying for, boy? It's a good show. This is a damn good show. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and in no way reflect the views and opinions of Mike Judge, Greg Daniels, or Fox Studios. The external audio used in this podcast is not owned by the Order of the Straight Arrow or its affiliates and is presented in good faith to its copyright owners. Please don't sue us.